Hello, hello. Hello. Okay, we are here with the lovely Hannah. We've talked about you a lot on the podcast. You're finally back from Australia. Finally back. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Yeah. So nice to be here. It's great to have you. Now we get to hear the truth. We've heard Joe's side of all the stories. Is We've it, heard Joe's side of how you met. All been very one-sided, hasn't it? Well, very one-sided. The, I think that we were, were talking about what to discuss with Hannah, and I think she's always topic of conversation here, but now we can hear it from the horse's mouth of yeah. how she really feels about everything. He's calling you a horse, yeah. <laughs> But now we get to hear the truth. I think we're all so excited true. about that. Uh, so you're back from Australia. I am. And I noticed you chose Fosters. I just figured to myself, if I'm going to come back from Australia for you know from the last three months, that the appropriate drink to bring would be a Fosters. Even though, in a weird way, I had this like personal vendetta against Fosters because it was a, the quint, like you know quintessential Australian drink. Even though no Australians drink Fosters. That's what I heard. Yeah. I know. And then about a year ago, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me just give it a go, and it's actually pretty good. All right. So Let's crack I it over. Yeah, I brought it as a present. <laughs> the I don't know why it's in such a giant can though. Cheers. Cheers. So nice to be back. So nice to see you. Eye contact, please. Oh yes, oh, always man. eye contact. Eye contact. Important. It's, it's good. Bad, right? It's really good. It's not it bad. It's pretty good for an Australian beer. Yeah. What do you say? I've also. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna well, say. I <laughs> I want to know. The origin story of how you guys met because we've heard it from joe and i want to see if they match up all right so we met on hinge um and we i remember like we matched i remember going through it on i think it was the day after halloween we matched and then we talked for what maybe like five minutes if that niceties back and forth um and then he was like when can i take you out and i thought to myself oh i really like this spontaneity like as an mm. Australian and just like the person that I am as well I always enjoyed getting right to the point when I was dating and I was quite exhausted with the back and forth that usually happened with a lot of those apps and a lot of the people on them so I was like all right fuck yeah let's go and I think there was maybe like a three hour point from when we matched to when we went out that night because mm. he was like when can I take you out and I was like tonight or Wednesday and I was kind of trying to test the spontaneity like a little bit further and he was like tonight I was like done easy but didn't you say uh, prior to that you, you asked, the, asked your friends, your roommates, if you should go meet somebody because you just stopped talking to somebody else? I had just like I just stopped talking to this like a lunatic of a human being, mm. um, and that in itself had kind of exhausted me from dating as well. And the forwardness intrigues me, but then I was like, oh, I'm jumping back like straight Another to the lunatic, same boat. Exactly yeah. same same boat. I want to ask what made this person a lunatic, like just the general. You know, we've, we've heard a lot of horror stories in here and weird stuff. So I'm just curious to the situation. I mean, I think he's just like a lunatic to the bone, just in terms of like one of those people who are left of center, but in a bad way. Mm -hmm. He was, he took a whole bunch of drugs. He was like very high up in a very prominent company, but he was a bit of a, I mean, he was definitely a narcissist. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know, I can't even put into words exactly what made him a lunatic, but you know how you just meet someone and you're like, you're you're lunatic yeah. exactly and i spent like a couple of months like back and forth kind of dating him kind of not but it was like it was just sucking a, a lot of energy out of me and i was like i said i was pretty much to the end of my tether with just like dating in general and then he popped up on my phone and i was like all right let me just give it a go yeah you never know right but you liked me right because yeah. that's what i would say because i think that's how it happened what when we first met or through you liked my profile on hinge well, if I remember correctly, I was going through Hinge and I saw you and I was like, like you. And then it was like, it's a match. So you had liked me previously. Mm, okay. That makes sense. I don't know how Hinge works, but I that I think, makes sense. I think if, that's how it worked. And I was like, oh, and then I messaged you and I was like, I think I said g'day. Something very like, <laughs> very simple and very Australian. 
And then he messaged straight back. So he was on the app and I was like, all right. And like I said, it was just something about that five minute conversation where it was straight to the point. Hi, how are you? Where are you from? Where do you live? Blah, blah, blah. And he was like, all right, well, I don't want to, I want to beat around the bush basically. Like, mm. when can I take you out? And then we met yeah. three hours later and. My first vegan restaurant. First vegan yeah. restaurant. That was Shout the, out Gracias Madre. Thank you, Gracias Yeah, Madre. that was rule yeah. number one. Because mm-hmm. I said, oh, I'm going to take you to so-and-so or whatever. And she was like, well, I'm a vegan. And I was like, okay. Did you so, know what a vegan was at that point? Not to the extent that I know now. Okay. But I could almost like hear the eye roll through the messages. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God, a fucking vegan. He texted me. He's like, I'm taking this <laughs> bitch to a <laughs> vegan restaurant. I don't even know what that means. But when vegan. I Googled vegan restaurants, there were so many. And I picked the one that was closest right down the street from the apartment. Can I just say this? But it was Please. really, Gracias Madre is really you know nice. Where, you know where he used to live. You yeah. know where Gracias Madre is. <laughs> I got there five minutes early. He was 10 minutes late. And when he told me where he lived, and I was I like, drove. You live, and he drove. Wow. I was like, you live right around the corner. And that was my first introduction of, of time. Oh, and he had the, the Porsche, right? He had the, <laughs> yeah. the rent a Porsche at that the point. The rent a Porsche, yeah. It wasn't a rent a Porsche, but borrowed Porsche. Or you were <laughs> uh, car sitting. S- Whatever it was, it wasn't permanent. Yeah. What, <laughs> yeah. Did, you, what did you think about that when he rolls up in a Porsche? Well, let's give Joseph some context here. So, so <laughs> Joseph, when we first met, we're sitting at dinner, we're having a great time, and she sees me pull up in the Porsche, right? As you know, I don't clearly don't drive a Porsche these days. And she's like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm the CEO of, an, of a dating app. So in her head, she's like, Deuce holy bag. shit. <laughs> no, she's like, <laughs> she's like, who is this rich motherfucker who's the CEO of dating app with a Porsche? Now she knows we're at the bottom of the barrel startup with no Porsche, but well, that I think was... I think we always like when we're going on a first date, we always kind of put our best foot forward, right? A, I didn't see you pull up in the Porsche. I didn't see the Porsche until after we mm. left Gracias Madre. True, and we walked up to it, and he was like, "This is my car," and I was like, "Cool." <laughs> like, I mean, I I've never had a license. I've never owned a car, right? I'm 32 years old, and so like that. First and foremost, that's like the base layer of it. But then, I mean nothing like that has really ever impressed me. Like a nice car is a nice car. Cool. Mm. But I couldn't really differentiate that from the car that you have now. It's like they just look different. Yeah. Pretty much the same. Get you from point A to point B. That's basically all you need. Yeah. And I think um, when we talked to Dr. Ali about what you're actually attracted to, a lot of the things happened when Hannah and I first met, right? Like obviously we say that first point of contact, you do want to have some type of attraction to somebody. And we we obviously did through the app. But um, yeah, when our waiter kept coming over, and so nice, but just like, hey, are you guys ready to order? And we're like, shit, we forgot. And she, it was a, it was a uh, woman, right? It was a woman. Yeah, yeah, and she would come back in five minutes and be like, okay, like you ready to order? And we're like, oh, we forgot. And she's like, are you two like <laughs> mentally okay? Like, <laughs> how do you keep forgetting what you want? It was one of, you know how like you see. I mean, it sounds so corny to say it, but you know how you see in those rom coms where it's like that first date where they're just like locked eyes. Yeah. And there's almost like visible sparks going between them. That's what it was like, and we just couldn't. We were too busy, kind of like devouring each other to be able to devour anything else mm. and we ended up getting like a couple of nibbles and a drink and then we went to EPLP for, EPLP, a, yeah. for a beverage <laughs> and as we walked out of Gracias Madre he leaned and gave me the first kiss and I was like okay Ooh. all right yeah. leaning against the porch might, leaning might against add the porch. okay nice um, yeah and then he dropped me home <laughs> like a gentleman and we made out for like like teenagers for like 20 minutes in front of my apartment building wow. and I went up and my face was like red, not only from like sexual tension and just like excitement, but also passion because of this stupid beard, um, <laughs> which ruins my face all of the time. Uh, but my roommate, who's also my best friend at that time, she just said, you're like buzzing. Like you've just got this energy about you. And I just felt like I'd been filled up and I had met somebody that, while I didn't know at that point would be my forever person, was definitely somebody I was 
far detachment from the lunatic that I just stopped seeing. Yes. Put it that way. Did you, so obviously you guys, like you said, you were kind of super into each other from the beginning. Was there any hesitancy once you were like, okay, I need to take like a, take a little beat here. I just got out of something. I don't want to rush into anything. Or, or did you kind of just like, were you full steam ahead? I'm a bit of a full steam ahead type of human being in general, but I think because it, there wasn't like a love connection with this lunatic before, mm. you know what I mean? It was just more like, this is an interesting experience. Like he lived a very bizarre, lavish life. And I was like, what, what's all, you know, this all about? But I think when I met Joe, I, there was something within me that was clicked and went, this might be your person. This might be something that actually has a, a longevity to it. Mm. Um, but it was just about trying to explore that and see what that was. There was no hesitation. Though. Sure. Uh, a couple questions, actually. So I believe yesterday on we were on uh, Stephanie from Broke Girls Therapies podcast. Shout out, Stephanie. What up? Uh, he said what that up? he used to be super early and punctual to stuff. Right? I said I was super You said early? it yesterday. And, and that's why, yeah, because we we're talking about like a pre, you remember that, right? Yeah, yes. No. Yeah, you were talking about like when you used to date in New York, you're like, I was always like early, 15 minutes early. Oh, and, and then to the first like, date, I was always yeah. early. Now, not to mine. Not to yours, not which to is mine. very interesting because yeah. he literally Isn't said it? this yesterday. So um, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I don't know why I was late to that, but now in life, everybody knows I'm always so, late. So on the car right over, she she's like, hey, can you text Steve and, and the guys and let them know you're going to be late? And I was like, no. And she's like, <laughs> she's like you're going to be 15 <laughs> minutes late. Like, Welcome. text them. And I said, please stop telling me to text them. And I'm not going to text them. I'm late every podcast and they know I'm going to be late. So they don't need to text. And she's like, you're late to every podcast. I'm like, yeah. And they expect to know it. I mean, I kind of just got a view from the very first date that his time management wasn't um, as uh, strict as mine. Well, you know, I'm thinking maybe like all the other first dates that didn't work out. They were like, oh, this guy's super early. He's so needy. He, <laughs> he just wants to be liked. And then maybe he just dropped that whole facade and he's like, I'm just going to play it cool. Maybe that's my, he, knew. he has leather jacket. He had his leg up on the Porsche. Rolls up <laughs> 15 minutes <laughs> late. Imagine? He's like, I don't even want to be here. And then you were into it. Yeah, that nonchalant attitude yeah. really whips me in. Let me ask you this too. So another topic that came up on Stephanie's pod yesterday was uh, um, she had someone write in. And I forget the overall question, but one of the questions within it was like, would you ask, how do I ask a guy to pay for my Uber on a first date um, to the date? Yeah. And I think that's ridiculous so without any sort of like, like I gave a couple caveats, right? If you're talking for two weeks and there's a real connection and you're like, maybe you offer, but I feel like if, if a woman expects, asks or expects a man to do it on the way there, I think that's really bizarre. How do you feel about that? I think that's really bizarre too. I mean, granted, I come from, I don't come from America. I don't come from this culture, the dating culture here in, in America. Um, in Australia, it's pretty split down the middle. You know what I mean? Like I, granted, I wasn't dating that long in Australia before I moved out into the world, but I myself have always been a big believer. I mean, you even asked if you could come and pick me up for our first date. Yeah. And I said, appreciate that. Haven't vetted yet. Don't want like some stranger coming to pick me up. Reasonable, very reasonable. But I cannot remember once in my entire dating history that I've asked someone to pay for an Uber, for the, especially for the first date. And especially on the way there when you don't even really know the person. I mean, that's just bizarre, I think, but okay. I think that ties into the this American way of dating where it's like a lot of the fiscal and kind of like emotional responsibility is put onto the man to begin with to see if like you can provide for me, you can take care of me, when in reality it's like if two people decide to go on a date, you're both autonomously like – responsible for that day you know what I mean you mm -hmm. go there and then if you, you start a connection and w whatever way you want to deal with that relationship in terms of those 
terms, then great. But I, yeah, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. And then you brought up the good point of how it's like a give and take thing, right? Like if the guy pays, he, it's like a assuming, okay, since I paid, I expect this. Yeah. Like exactly. You want to be careful of like, if you do stuff like that, like I, I said, if, if a woman expects a guy to pay for her Uber on the way there, like I thought it sets like a weird precedent and has like these weird expectations. And then I feel like it could work the opposite way where a guy's like, okay, I'm paying for the Uber. I'm paying for dinner and drinks. She's going to suck my dick because that's how it works. It's a transactional thing. And that's right? exactly what it feels like, a transactional thing. And it's almost like a transactional thing for the woman asking for the Uber to come down. It's like these this this rule book. Yeah. This bizarre rule book, quite outdated as well, that I really feel like we have to kind of leave by the wayside. It's, I mean, obviously, whatever works for you, if you want to adhere to those more traditional... So why do I pay for all the meals? Because you... You literally won't let me, but do I do the reach every single time? You do. I do. Thank you very much. Don't start trouble. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I even reach on the first date and you're like, no, no, no. No, no, no. I'm a gentleman. I always pay. And I was like, okay, well, that's great. But I also want to contribute as well. I mean, how many times have I had to knock your card away just for something as small as coffee? I'm like, please just let me contribute. To See, this. this is why it's good to have you here. We get the truth. We don't yes. have, we don't have the one sided. You haven't even seen the outtakes of all the stuff that I had to take <laughs> yeah, out where he just completely blatantly lies. You and I have to go get a coffee. And yeah. Coffee. I'll show you the outtakes. Thank yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of times when expectations are dangerous, right? When dating relationships, like communication, super important. And if you have expectations when you go into something, it and and if people don't meet those expectations, you're going to be like disappointed. So it's better to go in, I think, kind of fresh and feel it out. Like I have, I've done the same thing where I've been, you know, talking to somebody for a week or a couple of days, and then I'll offer if we have like a good connection, we're going to go out for the first time. Be like, hey, do you want me to pick you up? Because I think that's cool. Like I'm just not gonna be like hey i'll pay for your uber on the way there but maybe i'll pay for it on the way home if you have a really good time so i gotta see how it goes but as you said that expectation you yeah know what i mean of like okay well i'm dating to meet you like you should be paying for not only my uber down there but the meal itself make sure that you know the uber back like all of these expectations that i mean you look at the expectations in any realm of life it's never really a good thing you can have um, personal boundaries and personal goals and hopes but to expect another person to take care of you in a way to fix it by the way <laughs> i'm so glad you said that <laughs> yeah it's not open I don't, right. I don't drink on real sip yes sarah fix it Isn't i took a real sip yesterday. Today, thursday? wednesday, wednesday. anyway you're making a great point sorry <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> yeah expectations in any way shape or form is never a good thing <laughs> oh my god that was a big sip are you it's okay a, it's, a wide mouth, yeah. <laughs> it's a wide mouth can yes it is it's a two-hander really, if you think about it <laughs> Just uh, if you want it, it's it's got my lips all over it now. But secure, um, but yeah, and I think we could repeat a lot of the stuff we said yesterday because I think it was really interesting. But it was on her podcast mm. um, because along with that, what else do we what else do we touch on with that? Because I think there were a lot of interesting uh, points about like the the expectations and um, oh, I think I think a lot of problems with dating today is that. I think the internet has like fucked up a lot of shit where there's a very combative environment when it comes to men and women and dating. And I think like you always hear like, oh, men are trash or this person's toxic or a narcissist or uh, gaslighting. These terms just get thrown around and I feel like it's become like a super competitive environment as opposed to like collaborative where, you know, men and women should kind of work together or men and men or women and women or whoever and whoever and they and they, them, they and them. I don't even know. But everyone's got to work together instead of just being like generalizing populations based off a of bad experience. Because, you you know, you can hear about stuff like I, I know people from New York, people from L.A., women 
will go out specifically to get a free meal, yeah. right? And when I hear something about like someone expecting for an Uber to be paid beforehand, that in my mind, I try not to have expectations or or like jump to conclusions, but that sets a, a bad, there's a bad taste in my mouth. And it's like, if they're expecting me to pay for the Uber there before we even met, you know, what, what else is going to happen? Well, I think and, you said it perfectly. It's like it, it feels transactional, <clears throat> correct? Yeah. And like love, relationships, dating is not meant to be transactional. It is a constant flow of energy um, at the very base level. And I think that when you go into it with expectations, when you go into it with a transactional mindset, when you go into it with a toxic mindset of men are trash or women are hoes or this or that, all of these, like you said, these keywords that are thrown around, you don't, you allow yourself to be jaded very quickly and you don't allow yourself to be open. Like I think that a lot of people, especially as these younger generations kind of coming into the dating world are very jaded because of the amount of information that they're ingesting and because of the rare few dates that they've been on that have been horrible. Like people are shit sometimes. Mm -hmm. That's just the reality of life. Some people are going to have these bizarre expectations that don't flow or fit well with who you are. I think it's about searching out the people who don't feed into that so much. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's why Joe and I kind of connected so quickly because even though, of course, we're influenced by social media and all these things, everybody is. It's about how much you allow yourself to be. And, I mean, I could have been like, oh, Joe's a fucking CEO, stupid dating app, and oh, my God, I don't want to get into that. Or it could be douchey or he's got to rent a portion, you know. You know what I mean? Like those yeah. those things where you have this preconceived notion and you allow that to infiltrate you or you go, hey, let me see who this person is and what they're about, what their morals and values are. Like mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, but that, ex that expectation or that transactional value to, to dating – I think really needs to be exit the fucking chat yeah we don't need that anymore <laughs> certainly and i think it works the opposite way too where like hollywood movies and tv shows have conditioned us to like have like because dr ali said it really well where he's like yeah. it movies will end and they lived happily ever after mm. but they only show like once they get together they don't show all the shit you go through in a relationship no. and the work it takes to like have a happy and successful one and all the day-to-day -day stuff yeah so uh, we got we get like kind of brainwashed by all this stuff and both sides too. Yeah. yeah Cause 100%. like you, they have like reality TV, which it's like mm -hmm. the people hate each other and you're like, why are they together? And they're just hitting each other or like a movie. And it's like, Oh, it's all perfect. And then there's nothing in the middle of the reality of sometimes it's bad. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's good. Do you want to progress through all of it with somebody or you don't? Right. You know? And I think that's the whole world, right? Like yeah. it's extreme one way, extreme the other way. And I get it. It's mm -hmm. entertaining, and that's it's selling. no one's gonna watch the boring shit yeah. of like the everyday life. Of no course, one's gonna like, watch the middle ground, things, right? But that's, that's what life actually is. So well, you have to realize that yeah. and realize like the work it takes on yourself and with your, you know, partner or significant other and all the stuff. And and that's why I think like relationships are, you know, so much work in like a job in itself. If you want to make it work really well, oh, I think yeah, just being is. alive is a lot of work in a job in itself. <laughs> yeah, so true. Certainly, I was listening to. Jay Shetty, I, 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 Jay Shetty better like at me one of these times because every <laughs> podcast I'm talking about him. Um, but he had Mel Robbins on and they, they were talking about fascinating stuff about how you're subconsciously have all these insecurities from before, before the age of four based off of something your parents did to you. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what it was. And obviously you're too young to even know what's going on, but something that your parents did to you before the age of four kind of sets you off on the traumas of your life. And then you don't realize until you're like in your thirties and, and just every, every year you, you get older, you're like, okay, how do I unravel all this stuff from when I was four years old? So I think just being alive is, 
really interesting and you but, know yeah i mean you spoke on something kind of i feel like is quite poignant to this though it's like you know you talk about just life in general coming from an age of four like think about dating it's probably your first few experiences of dating of sex of all these things that mold your viewpoint when you go through the dating process until hopefully you find your forever person you know what i mean it is these preconceived notions of like a chick who asked to order an uber may the first time she ever went out and dated somebody they were like oh, i'm gonna pay for this i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this and she's like all right this is where i'm at you yeah. know what i mean um and yeah I, I wholeheartedly agree i think a lot of things are formed very early on in the process whether it be life itself or the dating process and then it's about unwiring those unhealthy ones and wiring back in healthy ones and figuring out what works for you best yeah, yeah. i think we, we had something happen the other night when and we had like a deep conversation i was like you know what i think when when I was like 11 or 12, this happened to me and this is why it's sticking with me and I'm now 32 and it's just you know, every day something new could pop up and you have to rewind it all the way back into the early days of your life and be like, holy shit, for the last 20 years, I had no idea why, you know, this was bothering me. But now that we're talking about it, I think about it, this happened when I was 12 and we're like, oh shit, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And you, know? you, you can all put it back. Isn't it a beautiful thing to be able to have someone to be able to talk to? those things about as well to explore those things to like have a safe space basically yeah and i think even before i moved here we always like back home people talk about therapy right and it was like a big stigma like oh you're in therapy like what's wrong with you mm -hmm. but i think therapy has nothing's wrong with you it's just you're talking to somebody and they're giving you a different spin on anything you're like you could be the happiest guy in the world and it's like hey have you ever thought about this it's like no and it's like oh why don't you think about that and you could evolve Still being happy, still being more happy, right. just understanding yourself anybody, more. Anybody that says that therapy is is for, I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's this like weakness or this vulnerability that equals weakness within when it comes to therapy. You're a fucking strong, smart human being to go to therapy. You're you're trying to figure yourself out, trying to figure out why you do what you do, why you are the way you are. That is self exploration is is probably one of the main purposes why we're here. Yep. See what we contribute to the the rest of the world. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I want to talk about something else that we kind of touched on. Uh, the difference between putting your best foot forward on a date and not being true to who you are, right? Where eventually the person's going to see the real you. Because last night we talked about, like, I said I'm like a dive bar guy. Hell yeah. On a first date. And then, because that's who I really am more mm -hmm. so. Like, I'll, I'll enjoy a nice restaurant from time to time, but that's not who I am. So I would never take a first date to a nice restaurant because it's a first date. And it's not really who I am. So what do you think is the difference there between like, um, you know, putting your best foot forward versus because I think a lot of people try to impress. Like I have a friend who I was saying last night takes every first date to Craig's, which I don't know how much that costs. Catch. Probably oh, catch, that's a catch, lot catch, of money. Not that's catch. a lot of money. Either way. Because you're money. not a catch yeah. guy. Not a catch guy. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so either way, I, I kind of grouped them together for the. They're basically the same thing. Yeah. It's fine. Like super high-end yeah, bougie place yeah a lot of money is, but is that who he is as a human being or is that something that he does mm, on a regular basis he's got it, the money to do it i guess but uh yeah it, it's definitely more to like put up a certain status though yeah I show think, a certain status I think when you're when you're again it's like transactional kind of element to it right so if you're doing something for the status of it then it's just kind of like look how fucking amazing i am and and look what i can bring to the table this is this should be valued over who i am as a human being like when i say put put your best foot forward i think i talk about like a heightened version of yourself mm -hmm. right it's not not lying about anything it's not embellishing anything too hard but it's also like this is the bright bubbly 
first date version of me where we're just getting to know each other. Everything is new and exciting and hopefully on a first date <laughs> um, you're pinging off each other. And I think that if you start to really step out of your own realms of life or come, you know, like you said, you're a dive bugger. I love dive bars. And I think I, my preferred place to go on a first date or any date is, oh, yeah. yeah, there you go. Fix Another fake sip. Uh, <laughs> I just love he keeps going for it. Um <laughs> That was such a genuine laugh. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, I think I think then you're you're lying, you're falsifying who you are as a human being, and I think the entire again the entire purpose of dating is to be able to find someone that loves you. For but what if what if what if this guy is being genuine and nice yeah. at catch? Oh, like, certainly. Then like, I'm because I think maybe we see catch every night as uh, outlandish because you know I can't afford to go to catch every night, right? And it's like, oh, you know, he's putting on something. But say, say I was a billionaire, right? And going to catch was no. But that's what I'm saying is like, is this person is that his normal day to day life? Because if he's if he's going if he's taking if he does that all throughout the week and that's his normal process, right. then going to catch is no problem. And but if you're shifting who you are, if you're like normally a dive bar guy, and then you're like, oh, my first date, I'm going to take every first date to catch just purely because yeah. I want that stature symbol, which I think happens quite a lot yes. here in Los Angeles. But I think you set yourself up for failure yeah. Yeah, on the third what, yeah. date. And that's kind of what I, I probably didn't explain it well, but for him, that's his normal. Hmm. Right. Okay. For me, if I was to do that, that would be out of right. my normal. And I, I know, not personally, but I know of a lot of experiences where that has happened where someone is, is kind of fronted oh, this is, this is my lifestyle, this is what I live. And it feeds into the, the women who are like, pay for, my, pay for my Uber on the first date, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And they get used to that. And then all of a sudden that, that's not happening again when they go further into the, the dating process. And it's just, it's like a, a lie on both parts. And starting anything with dishonesty on this is basically a recipe for mistrust and not a good relationship in general. Yeah, I think it'd be super interesting. Like say catch guy, he's like us, genuine guy. And he takes one of these women to catch and he doesn't pay for it, right? And he's like, let's split the bill. I'm so curious to see, you know, being at such a nice place when it's probably pretty expensive to split, how a woman would take that. Truth be told, I mean, can I be honest about this? If yeah. I, if someone was like, I want to take you on a first date, I'm like, all right, sweet, let's go. And they're like, I want to take you to catch. And I was like, okay, that's not my type of place. I would much prefer like a dive bar, a place like Frankie's, like sweet, romantic, cheap, easy. And they were like, let's split the bill. I'd be like, fuck no. Yeah. You like, I didn't want to come here in the first place. You have asked me to come to but this. But why is that different? Like if I so Gracias Madre is because I'm sp- in the it, middle of either, catch either, in a dive bar. Either I'm spending seventy dollars or two hundred and fifty dollars on a first date that that But where's the where's the barrier? Like, okay, so take Gracias Madre, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's not a dive bar, but it was definitely a decent Yeah, it's a nice place. Right? And you still offered to pay. I would have paid for the entire thing because it was it was like if you had been like, let's go to catch uh, a, I would have been like, oh, <laughs> really? And then B, I would have been like, this is an exorbitant amount of money to spend on a first You day. would have told – so say we went to catch, right? Mm-hmm. And it was the same – everything played out the same exact way. We had a great time. Mm-hmm. We really connected. And the bill came. And you – you what? You'd say, oh, no, I'm if not, not going to reach? If everything played out the exact same way, I would reach. I would offer to pay. But then I'd be like, let's never go to a place like this again because it okay, overpriced. doesn't make any sense. Um, I'm not that type of woman, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? But yeah. like if this is like a random person, they took me to cash on the first date, I'd be like, why the fuck are you spending this much money? <laughs> like it doesn't make a lot of sense. No, that makes, that's yeah, just that's me. Um, but a place like Grassy Smudger, I'm like, oh, 70 bucks is, you know. 
It's a nice night out. Even if I didn't like that person, I'd be like, all right, sweet. He was going to ask you to gas up the Porsche too. That's premium. Premium. Yeah, at least half the gas. But I think that's part of it too is like if you like the person a lot, maybe maybe afterwards you'd be like, why did he make me split the, or ask me to split that when he asked me? Because that's mm-hmm. one of the things we would always ask on the street who should pay on our first date. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I think the most common response, or maybe not the most common, but a lot of people were into the idea of whoever asks the other person out. Yeah. Right? So I think like you said, if, if a guy was to ask you out, and pick the restaurant. I do think it's kind of on him. Although, yeah. like you said, the offer is appreciated. And of it's course. like, oh, good, she offered. And I'll always offer. And even even if I didn't want to pay half of 500 bucks to go to dinner, I'd still do it. But mm-hmm. then I'd afterwards I'd be like, why Why did that happen? Like, why are we paying that amount of money to go in on a first date? Especially if it was shit. That would be horrible. If you go well, a shit date, yeah. out 250 bucks. It happens every night. Probably here in LA. I'm sure. But still. Yeah. Still. Oof. Can you imagine spending 500 bucks a night no, I on can't, a first date? No, I can't I'm engaged. I can't imagine. Boom. Right there. How beautiful Joe's sweater is. It is nice. Like My mom got it for me. Is, and we took the tags off tonight. So it's the first time wearing it. And it's, it's definitely. Fresh. Would you wear this? Yeah. You would. It's a nice color, right? You wouldn't wear this. Let's go. <laughs> All right. That, if he would wear it, then it's saying something. <laughs> All right. Thanks, mom. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so like maybe with you, right? The whole, how long do you wait to meet somebody? Have you ever been in a situation where you, you got to know somebody through the phone a little bit before meeting them and set an expectation so high. And then when you met them, you're kind of like, Oh, um, and I know we used the example last week, but different to that. Just what was the example last week? The, the girl you went to the concert with. Oh yeah. And that, I've told that on this podcast before. <laughs> Um, but just someone maybe who you got connected with through a friend or something or because you never really used apps, right? No. Yeah. I will say, yeah, I mean, all I can say to that until I think of an example, if I have one, is definitely the longer you talk to somebody, whether it's going well or not. Like if it's going really well, I think you're more excited to meet them sooner than later. Mm-hmm. But eventually yeah. it hits a point where it's like, all right, like shit or get off the pot. Like this is fizzling out. We need yeah. to meet or I'm tired of. You know, especially like if you're single and you're texting a few people at a time or 20 people, like whatever it is, like you, it gets overwhelming and it's like, all right, I want to, I want to actually meet somebody and see if I can like, yeah, you know, start to form a connection with this person, like whoever you are into the most, I guess, because that does get very overwhelming sometimes if you're talking to a lot of people at once. And, um, yeah, I, I think the sooner you meet somebody, the better. Absolutely. Okay. Cause you do need, we always say it. I mean, you need to actually meet somebody to see how you feel about right. them and how they feel about you and. If you guys are connecting, doesn't doesn't happen over the phone. Like I said, the person like I told the story about the, you know, the date that didn't go so well. Like we had a nice little connection on the phone, and then when we actually got together, I was like, "So how did you guys get connected originally?" Uh, met in person, talked for two minutes. I was very drunk. It went well. <laughs> like the two minutes in my mind went well. <laughs> we exchanged numbers, and then two weeks worth of pretty good texting. And then when we actually met. I was like, "Ah, this isn't really." what I thought it was but or hoped it was going to be. That's what meeting you know, people in person is for. It's either a fantastic connection or it's the realization that this person isn't for me. But either way, it helps you progress. Mm-hmm. And I think that like people are so happy to just sit on their phones in this com- weird, bizarre comfort zone of just being able to like kind of know somebody but kind of not, not have any commitment, not really delve deep into it. Um, but I also think that people are sorely missing that as well. They're missing that like true human connection, mm-hmm. whether it be just a shitty first date or somebody that you meet and, you know, decide to marry. 
And I think that goes into what we were talking about earlier with expectations, right? Because like you build this person up in your in your mind of mm-hmm. how they are through texting, right? And you, you're like, oh, they seem like this. And then you meet them and it's like, oh, they're not like that. So it lets text, you down. Text is so hard. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. But like text is so difficult to be able to decipher people's tones, people's humor, people's cadence, like all of these things that uh, I think we innately are attracted to. Yeah. Like humor is such a big thing, right? I think everybody likes someone who's funny and who's engaging and... Someone could be funny over the phone, but that shit could be curated for two hours before yeah. they send it to you, and they've like, or they've looked up a whole bunch of hundred and one best jokes or something yeah. like that, and they've used that same line on exactly. everybody else. Exactly, and so it's like I think it's really seeing somebody in in person, and it also goes back to what we were just talking about then in terms of putting your best foot forward. All these people who kind of uh, heighten their lives or the versions of their lives to an unrealistic degree, you can tell pretty quickly. Like I've been on some dates with some very wealthy people or perceived very wealthy people who thought that they were wealthy or wanted to put off the image that they were wealthy, but you could tell through their day-to-day or where they lived or what they were doing they weren't. And that's what they valued the most, mm. that that perception of them being an upper echelon of society. Yeah. Um, and I think that if you have the wrong intentions when you're trying to date, that's when you come up against issues. That's when you come up against like 20 or 30 people that you're talking to all of the time. Like it's a bit of a recipe for disaster yeah certainly so we have a use a, a question from a fan oh, oh shit fan of steve steve fan in the street you. oh me <gasps> so didn't even know i had any fans. i'm very curious about this too it's a very interesting question let me hear so word around town is that you were bisexual could you have seen your life with joe right now gone the same way with a woman if you had a deep connection with did her? it literally say word around town Amazing. Um, well, first and foremost, I wouldn't. Do tell. I will. I wouldn't really classify myself as a true bisexual. I classify myself as a pansexual. I enjoy people for who they are. It doesn't really matter the gender. I've slept with women. I've had threesomes with women. I've always stayed pretty on the path of penis. Always mm. being a big fan. You know penis what I mean? Path, yeah. Um, and only ever had like real relationships with men. I. What was the question? Like, what was the latter part of the question? So, okay, yeah. So maybe it still makes sense anyway. If it was a pansexual, mm. but the person you connected with intellectually was a woman, mm. could you see it going serious in life? I, well, intellectually, yes, but phys- that, physically that mean, perhaps not. But doesn't pansexual mean you're attracted to means you're attracted them mentally? To the, the person, yeah, exactly. But the, I mean, the physical side is still a part of a relationship, right? Okay. So like I can be attracted to a woman um, for a couple of nights. I can sleep with her. It's a really enjoyable experience, but it's not something that I want all of the time. I am predominantly attracted to men just purely because I like the female masculine, a, fem- a feminine masculine kind of energy flow. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, and... I've never once in my life thought about being in a relationship with a woman. It was more so a beautiful experience intellectually and physically, correct? But, yeah, no, I, don't, I, I never really envisioned myself with a woman. Um, I enjoy them. but For a night. For a night. or just That's you know, exciting. I, yeah, but I've, never <laughs> but I've never ever thought about having a relationship with a woman, no. Does having children weigh into that at all or is that just a side piece of it I think it does um not that you can't have children you know as two females but I think that my how does that, huh? how does that work physically IVF oh you know it's actually crazy that they like 
they get an egg from one woman and they implant they it to the other one. So yeah. it's like two, the, both of the genetics are kind of motioned together. That's I mean, Between that and the fusion energy, oh, well. my night's blown. Yeah. <laughs> Making Pun intended. <laughs> um, children definitely are a part of it, you know what I mean? And I think that, and I think in, in a way, even though I am incredibly progressive in a lot of different areas of my life, there is a part of me that's incredibly traditional in terms of the way that I view my future family. I've always viewed it as a male and a female. Um, and I suppose if, you know, if there were experiences in my life that had pushed me in a different direction, then I, you know, I could have a better answer or a more in-depth answer. But I've never really pursued a woman for a relationship. I've mm. loved women before. Um, I've loved my, you know, my best friends and I've, I've had incredible sexual encounters with women. But it's never been a... Uh, like a soul connection or a spirit connection. It's just being physical and mental. And I think you need all three to actually have a partner in life. Okay. And we touched on something else you said uh, last night as well, how when we first met you, and you still are very forward thinking, you know, modern woman. <laughs> but in our relationship, you kind of organically, def not default, but naturally fall into and gravitate in love playing that old-fashioned partner role as a woman how mm. do you feel about that and like do you actually feel comfortable doing it or is it just trying to I think make me happy well of course I always want <laughs> anything, to anything makes me happy you always do whatever to you want happy. but I think that I'm a natural born carer mm -hmm. right and I think that even when I was living with roommates I was always making sure that they were taken care of and fed and I mean I'll ask you whenever we're out of the bar when you're not drinking I'm like do you need water do you need anything it's my natural um personality to be a, to be a carer but I also always relished in the idea of being able to take care of the person that I was with and I think that especially as the app grows and the amount of time and energy that needs to be put into it I think to myself okay so how can I contribute not only can I contribute by running the blogs and being on the podcast and helping you with invoices and random shit like that but I can also make sure that you have three healthy square meals a day I make sure that your laundry is well, you only eat two meals a day, so true. Sometimes you eat three on Saturdays and Sundays. Two. You eat three. Um, make sure your laundry's done. And it's probably a lot of women in this like very woke world that we live in that go, oh, you know, shouldn't be adhering to such traditional things. But it makes me happy because it, I know that in the times that I don't want to be traditional, then all of the hard work we're putting in now will kind of allow that to happen. You know what I mean? Um, but it's, a, it's also a good... Uh, this practice run for when we have children. Imagine how many fucking meals I'm going to have making then. Yeah. How much laundry I'm going to have to do. Oh, God. Mm. So, no, I enjoy it. I really, truly do. I enjoy taking care of you. And I, I think that, correct me if I'm wrong, it allows you to focus on what you need to focus on. It gives you a couple of extra hours per day to, to grow. Uh, yeah, not, maybe not a couple extra hours, but it takes a lot of stress away. Yeah. You know, like coming home and you're cooking and everything's clean and, mm. and my clothes are ready. It's like oh, something I would have had to think about and stress about mm. is now done. But then so in, in the same away. vein, it's not like, you know, you don't do dishes. It's not like you don't do laundry. It's not like you don't clean. I think it's just predominantly I'm taking on a lion's share of that responsibility at the moment. It might be a couple of weeks where I'm like, fuck it. I don't want to clean. <laughs> I don't want to do the dishes. Can you do it? And, and for the most part, you're very willing. I think we divvy up what we do and how we do it very well. Yeah. But yes, leaning towards the more traditional. And you guys have been living together now for what a couple of weeks? Week and a half. Week and a half. <laughs> okay. So let's talk to let's talk yeah. about this in six months. It'll be you interesting know what I mean? to re revisit at some point. But it feels like kind of in a way that we've been living with each other forever. 
or for for a prolonged period of time it's just yeah i mean little things that one that frustrates the shit out of me is that i don't have socks so like oh you don't have socks no so like i i he just looks with his mouth rather than with his eyes no no when we live separately i always knew where my socks were right there's a pair of socks all the time 10 pairs of socks and then i'd go to her apartment and I'd look up, wake up in the morning and my socks are gone, right? And then I'd find one and then I'd have to take one of hers because the other one's lost. Now that we live together, I still have the same amount of see socks. The, I saw that. But I felt it, yeah. But in the drawer, none of the socks are there. So I don't know what she, she eats I the socks he, or something. I think I'm making some like sh- sock shrine of him. Yeah, what's happening here? I don't know. Delilah does something. Maybe? No, no, no. Perhaps, Hannah does something I mean, with the socks. I hope she's not eating them. Um... Did you not go into your drawer this morning and there was a plethora of socks waiting? Four pairs. Better than nothing. Yeah, so you, you know what you probably socks. did? You probably took the Thank other you. singles and threw out the other singles. So I went from 10 pairs to six singles, four doubles to now four to doubles. If the most you have to complain about is socks, then we're on Yeah, we're doing track. okay. We're on a good yeah. track. <laughs> but, I mean, that's only after a week and a half. So. True. Very <laughs> yeah. true. Who knows what's going to happen down very, the road. Very, very true. Yeah. It's going to be barefoot. Yeah. Good. Connect you to the earth a little bit more. I guess before we wrap up, um, we always, like, let's... Bring it back to the app a little bit. Um, as you know the app, you live the app. So does Steve. Probably you two are two and three that know the app. With like the life, me now. Yeah, the last letter of it. Um, you, well, I think when you first knew about the app, you were kind of like, oh, this is cool, but I don't think this is going to be your grand idea. And now you're kind of like, this is, this is pretty cool. And you even say that if we open the app in Australia, oh. it would blow everyone's minds out because – that's the culture in Australia. So what do you think about that? And how do you feel the Australian people would gravitate towards? Well, I just spent three months concentrating. Another fake set. Let's go. Big one. <laughs> Makes me laugh. I love how it continues to do it, even though everybody knows. I, just I don't like, know what you guys God mean by fake set. But. <laughs> You're such a good actor. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, you know, I spent three months concentrated down there. And not only do I hopefully understand the Australian people and a bit of a deeper level than anybody else can. It, we are no bullshit type of human beings. We like to get straight to the point and especially when it comes to dating. In fact, I think Hinge did a, a survey saying that Australians out of all of their users were the most likely to turn a match into a date. Mm. And I think that feeling of just Let's like... clip that. Yeah. <laughs> feeling of like, is it good or is it not? I just want to know. I yeah. don't, don't want to waste my time. I want to get it over with and I also value you know, meeting people in real life and, and true connection. So I think, A, yes, I think that the next stop on the first rounds on me world tour should be Australia. <laughs> Very much an advocate You just want to move to Australia. That's I just why. want to spend a little more time there. But <laughs> I also think that we could really, you know, hit a, a, a census of people that would appreciate the app. Mm. Not only use it, but like truly appreciate it. Um, and yeah, when we first met, like, I suppose because there was nothing tangible of the app when we first met. It was just this idea. It was a very bare bones when it was still black and white and the bare bones version of it. And I loved the concept, but I also know how diluted the market was. I also know how how difficult it was to be able to kind of get people to attach to an idea of them being more spontaneous, mm. especially coming out of COVID. Just the way that people are nowadays, like they, they, they're scared. They're a little bit like backed into their own corners. Um, but I think... I believe in you, right, first and foremost. And any idea that you come up with, 
and that you pour all of your energy into the, the amount that you're doing now, I know it's going to be a fucking phenomenal idea. And the way it's grown, the people that you, you have involved in it, like Steve, like it's becoming so tangible and I've seen the results from different people. I've seen how they value it, how, they, how it's been put into action, people are actually finding connections. And the more it grows, the more I believe in it because I think that bar the personal connection between you or you, I think it's a really good fucking idea. And I think it's needed in this, this time, right here and right now. I think you've hit it at the right time. So hopefully we just keep growing. But yes, Australia. Amen. It needs to be in Love Australia. That. Yeah. You've never um, been to Australia, have you? No. See, perfect. Do you know what I'm going to do? Once we're generating millions and millions of dollars, I'm going to be like, Steve, you're going to be the CEO of First Rounds on Me Australia. Oh, then you're going <laughs> to find an Australian wife and we'll, all be, we'll, we'll just all be friends. It'll be amazing. All right, we'll see. Um, yeah. We grow, we grow tall out there, so. I don't have a preference. I don't discriminate. That's why we love you. Yeah. Yeah, so what's your plan for America now? Besides the app, besides like taking care of me and helping with the app, we're gonna marry you. What's first. your what's your at some point? I mean, you had such a illustrious, amazing modeling career, right? Mm-hmm. You're transitioning out of that. Where do you see Hannah Glasby in five years, or Hannah Feminella by then? Ooh. Um, Ooh. Sounds nice, doesn't it? You know, Ooh. bar me and the kids, and you know, where do you see your career going? I will always be an innately creative person, right? Whether that be, um. Writing, which I thoroughly enjoy. I enjoy You're good story. at it. Thank you, darling. Yeah. appreciate that. Storytelling in any way, shape, or form. Or, um, I'm a born saleswoman, so something in that realm. I'm not really sure yet, but I think that I, I was so sure of what I was doing for, for 14, 15 years and, and was working 14-hour days when most people were at house parties, some bullshit like that, that I'm taking the time to really think about it, really think about what I want to do. Obviously, like marriage and children is this next um, personal step for me. But professionally, I don't know. And I'm kind of enjoying the fact that I don't know. I'm enjoying the, the discovery of, of what will be next. But I can, I can bet that it will be something great. That's great. <laughs> All right. Well, Hannah, thank you so much. I'm sure we'll be back many times. I hope so. Uh, but it was great to actually have you on the show. And welcome back to America. Thank you, Steve. Yes, thank you. Thank Cheers. you for all your fake sips. Love you both. See, I'm empty. You can't, nothing's coming out. <laughs> Drank this whole thing. <laughs>